this is Jenna. And this is Heather. And this is Conspiracies Unlocked. And today we're going to be discussing the United States UAP Disclosure Unlocked Part 3. Well, we get to find out more about the um, government and when they came out and decided, like, hey, by the way, aliens are real. Uh, wait, what? But you've been, like, totally, like... Gaslighting us for the last, I don't know, since like the 40s. <laughs> what are you guys doing here? Like, what? what's really going on? That's what I want to know. Well, I'm hoping we'll get to the bottom of that eventually. Hopefully, we'll all be here to tell the tale. We're gonna have a lot, it's gonna be uncovered again today. Um, just to get people up to speed, maybe people that haven't listened to our last two episodes on this, which you should go back and listen, but in the chance that you have not yet. Um, the U.S. government has been doing, or did do a hearing, and in that hearing there was three witnesses. Those witnesses have came forward as whistleblowers, and they have already testified that, in fact, the U.S. government does have a um, reverse engineering program. Which is crazy. Or so they actually have been putting in, what was it, like $3 trillion or something a year to this program that our tax dollars have been paying for that they, that we have no idea about, that they have denied that anything has ever happened. And yet here we are, like, where, so you've, so they have been hiding all these trillions of dollars of our money that... They have no idea, like, that we don't even know what, well, where it went. They call them unacknowledged programs. How many unacknowledged <laughs> programs are there uh, that's going on right now that is, I don't know, like, going into certain politicians' pockets? Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of, what is it called, uh, skimming? Uh, skimming the skimming bottom, the... the top, the bottom, the little bottom. Fee. I don't fucking know, but this is bullshit. Regardless, uh, there are um, programs that they have reverse engineered these crafts. And uh, we left off with um, Mr. Groffman, and he um, moved on to Mr. Garcia. Mr. Groffman is the chairman, and he has now moved on to Mr. Garcia. Mr. Garcia is um, the is a national security subcommittee ranking member. He was the fourth speaker in our first episode, part one. Mr. Garcia started by telling the three witnesses and addressing them, thank you for your service and for testifying today. He went on to say that he wanted to address the UAPs in relation to pilots' interactions and first addressed Mr. Graves by stating, one of the concerns from the members of this committee is that there is no system for pilots to actually report UAPs and the stigma around pilots. Which, they talked mm-hmm. a lot about the stigma and they talked a lot about the reporting. So that's where we left off and that's where we're going to mm-hmm. start up again. Uh, Mr. Garcia then questioned Mr. Graves. You mentioned working with 30 pilots and have had encounters with UAPs, or that have had encounters with UAPs, but you haven't discussed um, how many pilot, how many more pilots, um, and can you, is that correct, and can you expand on that? So he wants to know, like, 
obviously how how how, how often is this? It's just yeah. th- thirty pilots, which we know is, can't really be possible. But I feel like this question is just to be on record. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, more yeah. To just, just to probe more because they're mm-hmm. lawyers, they know what they're doing. So they're gonna like ask, they're gonna skirt around questions to ask to get them well, to he's speak. He's not a lawyer, or, though. He is a national security subcommittee ranking member. Oh, so whatever. He's part of the. Well, yeah, I'm sure that he's Congress been lawyered up. Government. Yeah, yeah, government. There you go. So Mr. Graves answers, I'll break it down in two ways. Mm-hmm. It's a lengthy um, answer. He says, first, when we first experienced these objects off the East Seaboard in 2014 to 2015, anyone with upgraded radar systems was seeing these objects. There was a large number of my colleagues that were detecting these objects off the Eastern Seaboard. Dang. Further correlating that the information with other onboard sensors... So, not just radar, whatever other onboard sensors they had available to them were able to pick these objects up. Many of them also had their own eyewitness sightings. That was our personal first-hand experience at the time, and since then, many others have reached out. Which is very interesting really quick, because the yeah. Eastern Seaboard is on um, like on the East Coast, in the yes. Atlantic. Yes. And we're used to always being over here, New Mexico, Las uh-huh. Vegas, Utah, and like more Pacific Coast area. Yeah. Pacific, like the Pacific Ocean. No. And we hear a lot about the Pacific Ocean, because even with the, U- we did a whole episode on the USOs. Yeah. The under, the submerged Yeah, objects. that was off San Diego. That was off San Diego. Yeah. And earlier in this, their testimony off the Nimitz, with a TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So we... It's always over here. It's interesting to hear from somebody, someplace other than over, like, right in this region. Yeah, so this is kind of the first time because it's almost hearing become, about this eastern seaboard. Yeah, it's become, like, a joke. Have you seen the memes where they're like, oh, aliens only want the Americans because it's always, like, all the UFO sightings are always over here. Yeah. So it's nice Pacific to see... Side, yeah, yeah, on the west side, it's nice to see something on the east side happening now where, like, <laughs> they're branching out now, guys. Yeah, they're... they're the aliens have found the rest of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so he did, he, Mr. Graves did elaborate that both material, mater, military and commercial aviation um, have witnessed these. Military witnesses stated the objects, which were seen in 2014-15, had continued to 2019-2020, and he said, and beyond to current time. Yeah. Like, it has not stopped. No, it's why would it stop? Yeah. Um, this became the generational issue for naval aviators on the eastern seaboard. And while they were briefing, they would brief this to new students. So they actually started implementing this when they had a new naval student, you know, aviation wow. student. They would start saying, okay, hey, whatever they If brief, you see this. Yeah. Da, da, da. So yeah. we've talked about that before. Like, what kind of training did they give training for this shit? They started And to. now they started to? That's so awesome. And this is after, like, 2015, 14, 15. Yeah. They started implementing these trainings because... It, they said that it was a risk for the pilots because they were worried about um, them crashing. You know, yeah, that's, could be that's a, a major risk. Yeah, they could crash into them. Or yeah. You never like know. Like, they could try to avoid. They wouldn't know what to do, so they try to avoid them or something and crash the plane and kill themselves and everybody else. Yeah, it's just it's a huge risk. So it was also included in the notice of the airman 
to ensure that there was no aviation accidents. So not only did they educate the new students, but they also gave a notice to people who, pilots that were already existing airmen. Mm -hmm. um, in regards to the commercial aviators, he stated that they are reaching out because they have had very similar experiences as the military, and they have no reporting system of their own um, and implemented. So the com the commercial flights, like your your regular mm -hmm. flight that you take, you want to go visit family in in Texas from wherever. That pilot, there's no protocol for them right now. They can call down to air traffic control, like our our yeah. friend D Bryant did say that he's seen on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a protocol. That's just something they took the initiative to be like, hey, what the fuck is this? Or like, yeah, do you see they this on your radar? Do. Yeah. You know, they, they because. Obviously, it's um, concern for them. Yeah. Um, as Mr. Graves is speaking, Mr. Garcia actually interrupted him mid-sentence and said, let me just add that Mr. Fravor and Mr. Graves, um, so basically, like, he's asking them, and then his question was, not having this system for reporting, would you both agree that this is not just harmful to our national security interest, but also to understand this phenomenon that is happening with UAPs. Um, Mr. Fravor stated, I actually think, think that it is a travesty that we do not have a system to correlate this and actually investigate. If you look at the eastern East Coast, there's a coastal radars that monitor our air defense identification zone out 200 miles plus. They can track these, and when you see them, they can pull up the data, and they can get the maneuvering. Instead of just having the airplanes, there's other data sources out there. I've spoken with our government officials regarding this. You need a centrally located repository that these reports go to. If you just stuck it to the DOD, you wouldn't get anything out of Intelligence Committee. They have a tendency to not talk. I mean, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They're intelligent. They're supposed to keep things secret. Yeah. But it's frustrating because when this is like a global, they keep saying national security. But it's not national. It's global because aliens affect the whole fucking planet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you had, he says, if you had a central location for all reports, including non-military, because they have no protocol, uh -huh. commercial aviation has a lot of sightings, especially from here to Hawaii. A Pacific spot. Ocean. It's Hot so spot. weird. He said, over the Pacific, they see odd lights. I'm assuming in the water, like we talked about the USOs. Yeah. He went on to say, you need to develop a system to collect data in order to investigate. Mr. Garcia then asked Mr. Graves to speak. Mr. Graves answers, I would concur with everything Mr. Fravor just stated. He then continued that commercial pilots have reached out to him through the Americans for Safe, Safe Aerospace. Um, he stated that they are doing so because they do not feel there's any other way for them to report their safety issues in regards to UAPs. There's no protocol, so that's all they can do is just use, you know, whatever whatever they can, and, and that's one way that they can. 
And Mr. Graves is the one that implemented the Americans for Safe Aerospace. Otherwise, mm-hmm. that would not have existed. Mr. Garcia then said, I think one clear outcome of this hearing already is that there has to be a safe and transparent reporting process for all pilots, keeping within the scope of our national security interests and what may be classified or not. There has to be some sort of system. I hope that can be an outcome of this committee that we can work on. Because they all have to come together and they have to, um, you know, make that happen. Mr. Garcia then asked, is there anything else the two of you briefly beyond the reporting system you think that we can do as a government to encourage to facilitate more civilian reporting? So now they're moving on to, they've been talking about military and commercial pilots. Now we're moving on to civilian. Uh, Mr. Graves answers, we are doing that right now with this hearing. Um, this is going to show the American people that our government is taking this topic very seriously. But where were you the last fucking hundred years? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're starting to disclose now. But that's bullshit. Why now? I don't know. Mr. Garcia asks, how about the civilians that may not be pilots? What kind of process could be in place for civilians who may have had a UAP encounter? Do either of you have any suggestions that could help facilitate that? Mr. Grave answered, my recommendations would be to make that a centric, uh, uh, sorry, would, my recommendations would be to make that a sensor-centric operation in order to make it as objective as possible. Mr. Garcia then asked Favor the same question, and Favor answered that he agreed with Mr. Graves. So they just both agreed that it has to be as objective as possible. Then Mr. Garcia states that he has some questions for the two pilots and also Mr. Grush. Uh, which he noted that they have already discussed prior to the hearing. So I kind of thought that was weird because I thought you're not supposed to, like, really yeah, talk no. about it. No, because they want everything to be, like, legit, yeah. not, like, pre-coordinated. Yeah, like, so he <laughs> even went on to say, like, oh, we talked last night. Oh, yeah, we talked last night about yeah. what we were going to talk know, about. So like, so. Uh, but he went on record to say that. Get our so. story straight. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. like, what are you doing? Yeah, it was kind of weird. But then he said, but he wanted to say on public record, and for the purpose of the hearing, he wanted that to be um, on public record. So he went on to say, it's interesting how these witnesses have seen UAPs in the different formations. So like the way that like when you look up and you see it, like how it's uh, the formation yeah. of the UAP. And he went on to say that UAP, UAPs observed in space and in our air, um, like our airways and our current technology or aircraft, aircraft that we're like not even able to do it. So you just wanted them to elaborate yeah. on the record. So we don't even have the technology. Seen. We don't even have the technology for them to be able to recreate the formation in which they've done. Like, like we can't go backwards in space, and they can. Like oh the yeah, no, they talk about that. that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a big deal. Yeah, it is a huge day. A deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, a huge day. Well, it is a huge day. Okay, because they're coming forward and saying this. 
So Mr. Graves stated, yes, the objects that were being seen by commercial pilots are performing maneuvers that are unexplainable due to our current understanding of technology and capabilities as a country that applies to the military as well. So basically he's saying we don't have that. Mm-hmm. There, we, nothing in our country has that right now. Mr. Fravor stated... Not yet. Yeah, exactly. Reverse so, engineering. <laughs> he stated, yes, I concur with that. We have nothing that can stop in midair, go another direction, nor do we have anything that can come down from space, hang out for hours in one spot, like just there. Yeah. And just then just chill. shoot up to space. Yeah. Like, for hours. That's so weird. We don't have that. Then, Mr. Garcia asked Mr. Grush, do you believe our government is in possession of UAPs? Mr. Grush answers, absolutely. Based on interviewing 40 witnesses over, oh my the, God. over the past four years, he has interviewed over 40 witnesses. If you remember, these are witnesses that worked on these reverse engineering programs. It's so ridiculous that they, they are lied within to the us. government. They are protected under the Whistleblower Act, and they cannot, nobody can fuck with them. They fucking lied to us for how many years? Forever. <laughs> Since the beginning. I just, I can't get over that, and that should be, like, such a major, like, red flag to anybody. Because you don't even have to look back to be like, Oh, maybe they didn't lie to us. Well, they never actually will, and it all gets muddled. No, they have come out and said, aliens are not real. We do not have anything in Area 51. We do not have anything there. We do not da-da-da-da, blah, 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 blah. We're going to talk about Area 51, too. And now, all of a sudden, (laughs) and we're supposed to believe them? Which way do we believe them? That they are real? They're not real? Are they? Do we believe anything that they have to say? No, because you know what? They lie to us, and everybody who ever believed the government was in it for our best interest or for whatever are fucking seriously seriously demented. <laughs> and like, why, why now? Not, why why now? now? That is the major thing is why are they doing it now and what was in that Chinese spy balloon? Because guess what? We never found out yet. Oh, we talk about the Chinese Oh, too. gosh. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get there. Good. Because I have questions. <laughs> so then Mr. Garcia asks the burning question we all want to know. Where? Oh, yeah. Where are these UAPs that the government has? Yep. Where are they? In Area 51 and in Roswell and in... That's all I got. Probably in Central California somewhere, too. I want Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, possibly? Yeah, where is that at? Is that in California? No. I believe that is in is your... That? Uh, Denver? No, no, no. The Vegas? other one. The other one, Idaho. You fact It is in Ohio. Mr. Grush stated... <laughs> I know the exact locations, and those locations have been provided to the Inspector General and some to the Intelligence Committees. I actually had the people with first-hand knowledge provide a protective disclosure to the Inspector General. So he's like, basically, I can't fucking tell you. That's under investigation. It's in the appropriate hands. Dismissive. You don't want to say. That's okay. 
that concluded Mr. Garcia's line of questioning. On that note, he he's like, up. And he just like kind of recluse back in. He's and like, you shut like, me down. It's fine. I'm done. Well, he had to yield back his time because I think they only have five minutes each. That was five minutes of talking. I think I did it in like maybe two. For like 22, but whatever. Nobody's <laughs> counting. Continue forward. <laughs> um, and then, guess who we get called upon? Mr. Burchett, the representative from Tennessee. Oh, the man, the Tennessean man with the accent that should be president. Oh, just wait till he talks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. He had to bite his tongue. Oh, he my had to God. back pedal a little bit because people were like, oh, what? His mic got cut. Did it really? It did. We're going to get into why. I thought we were going to get be transparent. What happened? No, 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 no. It's because he could have offended a specific That's race of so people. Mr. Burchett. He started by speaking and addressing Mr. Garcia, saying that he would like Mr. Garcia to be on his legislation of a co-sponsor to work together on creating a reporting system. So he's like, hey, Mr. Garcia, hey, let's, by the way, let's, let's team this up together. Yeah. and let's let's get this shit. Like, obviously, we need a reporting system. We need somebody mm-hmm. to start the process. Let's co-sponsor. Let's team up. Let's get, let's just, we're going to start working. Like, let's not talk about it. Let's get this shit done. So I like that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. We got something to Sounds right. Yeah. Then he went on to ask Mr. Graves... How do you know that these were not our aircraft? How do you oh, know? Oh, I don't know. Maybe because they're going backwards, upside down, all this shit that we can't do and they don't look anything like our aircraft. Uh, what do you mean? Continue forward. <laughs> so Mr. Graves basically says that, but he says it like this. The behaviors that we saw in the working air would show these objects being at 0.0 mock that is a zero airspace over certain areas air speed oh air yeah air so they're like going zero miles an hour like nothing they're just staying they're basically just Just sitting yeah they're sitting there he says over certain areas of the ground he and then he uses this analogy of a river he says so what that means is just like a river, if you throw a bobber, you know what a bobber is? Like yeah, 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 fish and bobber. I think most people know what a bobber is. You throw a bobber in, it's I love the South. I love their analogies. Yeah, it's going to float downstream. Yep. Right? There mm-hmm. goes, there goes your bobber. These objects were staying completely stationary in Category 4 hurricane winds. What? They were not floating downstream. They were fighting against it. They were, they were causing just, it. No, they oh, were just very effortlessly sitting there like nothing. Yeah, just like chilling. there was no wind. And this is category four. I if they were causing it. I wonder if the aliens are causing the hurricanes. I mean, it's possible somehow. I don't know. I don't know how or what or why. Nobody does. <laughs> but well, I haven't talked I mean, to an alien in a while. Yeah, so, but that was his, that was his answer. I mean, it's stationary in Category 4 hurricane winds. He says, and then these same objects would go to a a Mach uh, 1.1 or 1.2 Mach, 
And they would do so in very erratic, quick behaviors. Like, you know, you're just chilling here in Category 4 uh, Hurricane winds. And then you're just like, I'm in space. Like, yeah, nothing. That's not normal for us. That's not our technology. Yeah, he said it was very erratic, quick that's behaviors. sci-fi technology. That he said we, I, like he said both, we, I, don't, don't have an explanation for. Like, nobody can explain that other than... It's not of this world. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no there's no explanation. Uh, he doesn't believe another country has that technology. Yeah. To even say, oh, maybe it's Russia or China. No, that never came up in his in his testimony. He's just like, it's not Because, yeah, we, we often blame the Russians. We are continuing with the questioning. The line of questioning is for from Mr. Barchett from Tennessee, representative of Tennessee. He is asking Mr. Graves, he asks, have you spoken to commercial and military pilots that have seen these off our East Coast? So he wants to know more about what they have seen. Mr. Graves basically says, I have. Mr. Favor um, noticed that in the TikTok video. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. This is where it gets funny. Okay, this is where it gets funny. So, Mr. Graves just said, I have. Then he says to Mr. Favor, I noticed that in the TikTok video. Oh, you mean the one that doesn't exist? That one? No, it does. From 2004. No, I know. But the one that they said. Oh, yeah, yeah, They said it didn't exist. The one that doesn't exist because yeah, yeah. they lied yeah. to us. Oh, and that's what they love to do is fucking lie to us. So. I'm sick of being lied to, guys. <laughs> Listen, they get, they get this funny part. He says, Mr. Fravor, I noticed that in the TikTok video. And then he just kind of like spaces out for a couple seconds and he trails off. And then he goes. He jokes and he says, it's Tic Tac, like the candy. What the fuck? No, wait, it gets better. This is the whole rant. Okay. Oh, he went on like a little, he went he on went a little, little rant. <laughs> <laughs> he says, it's Tic Tac, like the candy. Not Tic Tac, like the Chinese communist app. <laughs> and, this- and then you can hear people gasping. <gasps> on that ones. Uh, I love him. But then you can hear Mr. Burchett say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, one can only speculate the chairman muted him to give him a warning after he called the app TikTok a Chinese communist app. <laughs> he then continues jokingly. See, and you know who doesn't lie? Him. And that is why I love him. <laughs> That is why we like him, because he doesn't lie. I'm sick of our government lying. I mean, he is technically the government. But he's not our government. He's He's in Tennessee. (laughs) He then continues, jokingly saying, I just wanted to make that a point, because my daughter corrected me on that, and she called me a boomer. (laughs) So, when... She's probably like a teenager. So when he's oh like, oh, the, the TikTok video, she's like, Dad, it's TikTok. You know, probably. Yeah. And then he's like, you're a boomer. Oh, you my God. Know. That 
That's so funny. And then he said, no, baby. It's a tic-tac like the candy. You're just going to have to look it up. She has no idea what a tic-tac is. He tried to redeem himself more and, and distance himself even more from the communist China, Chinese people. Chinese <laughs> comment. And he said, probably because his wife was going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? Or his he, daughter was going to No, his go, wife. Yeah, okay. For sure. Because okay. he's like, I would also just like to say today is a day of many firsts. It is a miracle we're having this meeting. And it's a miracle that my wife has put up with me for the last nine years. Today is our wedding anniversary. Oh, shut up! <laughs> I love you so much, honey. Happy anniversary. He did not say that. He said all of that. Uh, on the record. Today, <laughs> I love her so much. That's and, awesome. And then he says, as she likes to say, this nine years has been the best two years of my life. And then laughter began throughout. So it went from <gasps> to, to he totally turned that around. Yeah, well, the, that's what's good had, about that Southern speak. He had to think on a, a like, the only thing, he's like, okay, today's my anniversary, bring it up. Yeah. Because you know he wasn't going to say that before. No. 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 I mean. It's that Southern talk. It, it, I about mm. died. I'm oh like, Mr. <laughs> Burchett, you make me want to go to Tennessee. Is everybody funny like this in Tennessee? No. It's, I mean. Oh, well, no. <laughs> I've been there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know it's like They have the Southern hospitality, but some of them are assholes still. You got assholes yeah, everywhere. You everywhere, know why? Because yeah. people are going to people. People, <laughs> people suck. <laughs> I want to put that on a shirt. People are going to people. People just peopling. Yeah. Because we always say that. I always say that. Maybe yeah. you don't. I do. You should put on a shirt. <laughs> so then he asked Mr. Faber, what astonished you the most about the flight capabilities of these Tic Tacs? And Mr. Faber answered, the performance. Absolutely the performance. And then he continued asking, and he said, And you're not aware of any other objects that anybody in the world has. In this world, he stressed, he said, in the world, then he said, this world <laughs> has any of those capabilities. And Mr. Fravor answered and said, No, I think it is far beyond actually our material science that we currently possess. Like, as humanity. Like, it's yeah. beyond our science. I think so, too. Yes. So then he said, or asked, are you aware of any other reconnaissance performances or platforms that attract or recorded the tic-tac maneuvers beyond um, maybe perhaps NORAD system or any others um, in place? Mr. Fravor answered, I'm not, no. Mr. Grush... He then addressed Mr. Grosh, and he said, "You have faced, have you faced any retaliation or reprisals for any of your testimony or anything in, along those lines? Mr. Grosh answers, and he states, 
Yes, I have to be careful what I say in detail because there is an open whistleblower reprisal investigation on my behalf. Wow. And I do not want to compromise that investigation by providing anything that might help some of, um, you know, any might help provide someone information, um, but it was very brutal. And very uncomfortable. So what does that mean? And some of... Well, you can't... You can only be vague. Because there's an ongoing investigation. So you can't give specifics. So he's just basically very but brutal. This is an ongoing investigation. But it's a separate case. So, you know, they say, like, it's two cases. You, you can't talk about the other case. Yeah. You know? So he's... Like, legally, he can't. But he can say... Very generally speaking, publicy, pu- publicy, public, it was very brutal and very unfortunate. Some of the tactics that they used to hurt me, both professionally and personally. What douchebox says? So, like, hurt him. Mr. Burchett states, that's very unfortunate. As they say, when you're up at the target, that's when they do the most firing. So, he's just... Like, because you're on a platform, they're going to all hate on you. Like, you know, they're all going to come at you because you're, like, mm-hmm. coming forward as a whistleblower. So, of course, you're going to have haters, I think, like, basically what he's saying. Like, they're going to... You're a target, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah, you're now the target. Mr. Burchett then asks Mr. Grush... Do you have any personal knowledge of people who have been harmed or injured... In efforts to cover up or conceal these extraterrestrial technologies. He said, yes, personally. He then asked, have you heard of anyone being murdered that you know of? Or have heard of, I guess. What? Mr. Grush says... I have to be careful answering that question. I directed people with that knowledge to the appropriate authorities. So people are dying now? They're getting murdered. Oh, oh, well. People in... You mean they're accidentally being suicided off? I mean, they could be getting Clintoned. I don't know. But, um, they are getting unlived for YouTube purposes. Wow. Because of the knowledge they have with these programs within the government. Then Mr. Burchett says, very, he was very, um, kind of frustrated. He said, if we can get in a confidential area, a skiff. We can talk about that, but unfortunately, we were denied access to the skiff, and that's very unfortunate in this scenario. So then, me, this is a side note, I looked up skiff, S-C-I-F, because I didn't know that terminology. It stands for a sensitive compartment information facility. Ah. It is, yeah, I was thinking boat, so I'm like, skiff? Yeah. Why do they need to go on a boat? Because you could also be for a boat. Yeah. But in this it's like, purpose, yeah, safe, it's, safe room. It's a safe, safe room. Yeah. So it is a U.S. Department of Defense term for a secure room 
It can be a secure room or a data center that guards against electronic surveillance and suppresses data leakage of sensitive military and secret um, security information. SCIFs are used to deny unauthorized personnel such as foreign intelligence services or corporate spies the opportunity for undetected entry into facilities for their exploitation of sensitive activities. So it's like when you really need to like to, you know, get down to something really serious, you go into skiff and nobody else can hear you. It's just whatever you two speak of in that room, that's it. Wow. Like surveillance, nothing can get in there. It blocks everything. That's crazy that they have. I mean, like, it's smart that they have that, but you would think that you could, like, go into your office or something, but you can't because there's... You bugged. Yep. And that's the problem. And you know what this gift looks like? Uh Uh-huh. Remember when we went on the... And we're going to get into this for people who... We haven't done the episode yet, but the USS Midway. Yeah. Remember that little box I went into, that soundproof box? Yeah. It's just like that. Except I'm sure it's bigger. It's bigger, yeah. yeah and it's scary. probably even more soundproof. But it's like, I saw an image online that looks like that. It's like really thick walls and yeah, padded. Like, and really? Yeah, wow. that's what it looks like. But it's, it's like probably the size of this room. That's so crazy. It's like the size of our studio skiff. Yeah, well, we are in a skiff, kind of. We're not in a skiff. Do you hear that out there? If you hear a car out there. We are not in a skiff because you can hear things from the outside. You can hear a car. Um, well, we're our own little a motor, a motor. <laughs> Mr. Burchett then turned his attention to Mr. Faber and asked him, do you believe that you witnessed additional objects under the water in relation to your encounter? Because if you remember, Mr. Faber is the one who, um, along with three other pilots, um, witnessed the Tic Tac event. And if you remember, they stated that they saw a lot of white water. And even we were like, well, how would the white water be there from like 12,000 feet above? Yeah. How would it displace the water in such a way that it would it would create these kind of like waves? Waves, yeah. Unless it was an animal or something that they didn't see or whatever. So Mr. Favor um, answered the question and he said, I will say we did not see an object like they didn't see another object. But if there was something there to cause the white water, uh, when we turned around, it would have been gone. And he said, so there was something that was obviously there that had moved and it moved like abruptly, like yeah. it just moved. He doesn't know what it was because he didn't see it, but he did acknowledge something had to have been there. So then Mr. Burchett said, okay, was it the same object that you were looking at? Like, was it a Tic Tac or was it that one? And he said, Mr. Fravor said, no, we actually joked that the Tic Tac was communicating with something. And when we came back, um, it could be, sorry. And when we came back, it could be because the water had disappeared. So they had, like, joked among, amongst themselves that they thought the Tic Tac was communicating with whatever was in the water. Oh. They don't know Which what. it could be because if they're in control of aliens that are already in the water, they could be communicating with the other people of their kind. It could have been another craft, a USO. Yeah. Could have been an animal. Yeah. Know, they can speak with whales. I don't know. 
Maybe they are part whale. I don't know. Then Mr. Burchett said that in another instance, we were told about the capabilities of jamming during viewing when there were some other people that were chasing some of these objects. So they have on record that the U.S. Air Force has chased these objects. He said, did you experience any of the jamming or interrupting in your radar or weapon systems? Mr. Fravor stated that, um, he said, my crew that launched after we landed experienced significant jamming to the APG-73 radar, which is what we had on board. It is a mechanically scanned, very high-end system prior to the current APG-79. And it, yes, it did everything you could in regards to range, velocity aspect, and then it got hit with a lock and the targeting pot was passive and that's where they were able to get the video. So I guess his answer is yes, it did get jammed and they were able to use some of that technology to get the video of the Tic Tac before the jamming. He said, are you aware of any of our enemies that have that capability? Fravor simply answered, no. Burchett stated that he'd like to note for the record that like George Knapp breaking Area 51, he is the reason that he knows about Area 51. This is just his little comments on the record. I want to hear about it. And the reasons that he knows about the Tic Tac is because of Leslie Leslie Keene from the New York Times article in 2017 and he said that he would encourage everyone to read the New York Times article of 2017 um, I do have the article from 2017 I want to read the whole thing but I'm not going to because it's very lengthy I definitely talked her out of it <laughs> and um, well it's, it's just one page it's not, it's not that long but this is uh, dated, um, it's New York Times article, it's titled On the Trail of Secret Pentagon UFO Programs, and it is by Ralph Blumenthal on December 18th of 2017. So that is like six years old. Mm-hmm. And this is just one. There's others. Go on. Um, so I'm just going to read the parts that I highlighted. They're not complete sentences, but you'll get the idea. A secret Pentagon program to investigate UFOs. The piece is by the Pentagon correspondent Helene Cooper, and the author is Leslie Keen, and myself, Ralph Blumenthal, the one who's writing this um, article. Article for the New York Times. Leslie met Lewis, and some of these names have came up earlier. I was going to say yeah. Helene Cooper. I remember. Yeah. Her, yeah. Um, Leslie met with Luis Elizondo, the director of a Pentagon program she had never heard of. The program is called, this is a Pentagon program, it's called the Advanced Aerospace, <laughs> I have a list, the Advanced Aerospace I can't do it again. I can't do S's, people, so you're just going to have to bear it's with me. It's not an S, it's a C. No, space. I'm trying to say space. Oh, well, you're saying space. I know, because I can't say the S. Okay, go, go, go. Okay. Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And that is a real... It's a real program. Yep. 
She learned it was a secret effort effort funded at the initiative of then the Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid starting in 2007. Harry Reid. Okay, let me give you a little background on Harry Reid. I have no background whatsoever, but the um, Las Vegas airport is no longer McCarran Airport. It is now the Harry Reid Airport. Well, he was a Senate Majority Leader in 2007. That must be why. And he was in charge of the space program or some shit, right? No, he was to investigate aerial threats, including what the military preferred to call unidentified aerial phenomenon or just objects. So he worked with UFOs. He's, he, and that would make sense because Area 51 is next to... Well, we're not at Area 51 but yet. No, but, but I'm just saying that Area 51 is next to Las Vegas and Las Vegas, Harry Reid. Mm-hmm. It's Harry Reid International Airport now. So this was big news because the United States military had just announced as far back as 1969 the UFOs were not worth studying. Oh, okay. So cool. they had announced it's not worth studying. Like, just forget about that. We don't need we don't need to know anything about that. Leslie also learned that Mr. Elizondo had just resigned in protest of what he characterized as excessive secrecy and internal oppression. It is. Mm-hmm. Is that man still alive? Yes. He is still alive? That Leslie man? Leslie's a woman. The Leslie woman? He's still, she's still alive? I believe, yes. She's she's written three books and numerous articles. But she was the one that quit? No, no, no. Mr. Elizondo. Okay, Mr. Elizondo. Quit is he the still, Pentagon. Is he still alive so he can watch all this unfold now? To be I like, believe, ha, ha, ha. I, I believe so because he's done interviews recently. Good. And they talked about him I bet he's earlier. like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. So, um, she, Leslie, spent hours with him, Lozano, uh, reviewing unclassified documents for the $22 million program operated li- largely in the white. More of our tax dollars. It's it's in quotations that in we have the white. no idea what was going on with them. Just money, just poof. And we never questioned it because we didn't know about it. We didn't know about it. But like how much of their money is being spent on bullshit that we don't know about? Mm-hmm. So it's our, operated largely in the white that is not under any special interest restriction access, but hidden in the huge defense budget with only parts of it classified. So they snuck it in the defense budget. Yeah. That's how they were able to use the funds to do this research. Under the radar. So yep. So that's what they do. Whenever you sign taxes in, all the stupid little taxes that you're like, Prop A, Prop B, Prop 85, whatever. Whenever you read the fine print and it goes, oh, yeah, by the way, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. And it's only like 2% of the money is actually going to the kids. The rest, look at where the rest is going. Because half that money that you're putting into that, that extra 50 cents at the fucking gas tank and all that at the, at the gas station, guess what? It's going to shit like this that we don't even know about and we can't even question because we're just those people we don't know about uh, it we we can't question it because we'll get murdered clinton clinton Her- <laughs> harold e unalived 
Harold E. Pluffhoff, or Puthoff. But isn't that ridiculous? It is. Can we just talk about that for a second? We should do a whole live just on that really quick. Like, just on me bitching about that. I mean, I don't know how much I can talk about it because... I can talk about it. It's fucking. You just have a surprised look on your face the whole time. It'll be great. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating, yes. It's, it's frustrating. But to me... It's not even frustrating. It's frustrating because they're just fucking us. It's frustrating, but to me, it's not a shock. Fuckstrating. It's not a shock. Okay. They're constantly hiding things. All they do is fucking lie to us. So, I don't know. It's kind of like... Can I like my new word, though? Fuckstrating? Fuckstrating. It's fuckstrating because they're fucking us. Yeah. Okay. Go on with your story. So, her- <laughs> this is the article... Harold E. Puthoff, an engineer who has conducted research on uh, extrasensory perception for the CIA and later worked as a contractor on the program, and also Christopher K. Mellon, a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence, announced they were joining a new commercial venture... To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Who created that? Tom Dong. That's so awesome. I mean, I don't know if he solely created it, but But his name's on it. His name's on it. I mean, he actually didn't solely create it because we already established there's more people. But these, like, CIA agents and former deputy assistants left the intelligence to go do this to go work with them to go work with these people to go work with these people to to raise to go raise money for research into UFOs isn't that funny that Tom DeLong right and is in Blink-182 Blink-182's drummer is Travis Barker Travis Barker is married Married to to a Kardashian because Kardashian clearly one of the like Chris Kardashian or or whatever seriously like has some reptilian or some elite fucking uh-uh. shit. She sold her soul to the devil. I don't even know what maybe. bullshit. I don't know. And Tom DeLong is trying to out everybody. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like there's there's a beginning of a conspiracy there, guys. I mean, but he's still friends with Charles uh Charles uh, Travis. Travis. Well Barker. yeah, they're still on tour like together. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's know. a conspiracy there. I'm just well, scratching the little tiny bit of it. I'm just I'm just plotting a little egg. I have heard that, you know, a lot of celebrities are reptilians. Yes, so. well we'll find them out. Wait, did we already post that one last week or is that tomorrow that's we, coming out? The we reptilians. posted on our live on Instagram uh, live and also on YouTube, but it's just a little halfway snippet because yeah. the, it tomorrow is the reptilian episode. Yes. yes. Okay. Go on. So you can watch and hear the full disclosure on that. Um, he then alerted Mark Mazzetti, uh, and then uh, the investigations editor in the Washington Bureau, Leslie and I, meaning the writer of this article, Ralph Blumenthal, briefed him in New York on November 7th. They were assured that there were no anonymous sources and everyone was on record. Which is really important because you're writing it. They're writing a New York Times article. They have to be on record, otherwise, yeah. they can't validate it. Like they can't. Yeah. They can't. They need their their sources on record. They were all on record. 
So these CIA people that they're noting, they're all on record. It's not, they're not trying to hide the fact that they're part of this. They're coming forward saying, yes, this is true. Leslie also interviewed aerospace um, uh, Robert Bigelow. Mel Gigolo. <laughs> Sorry. Who, who was also confirmed um, his participation, saying Americans were being held back from serious research on UFOs by a juvenile taboo. And um, basically, then they met with Miss Helene, met with the Pentagon spokesperson in December, uh, on December 8th for a response to the information that they had gathered, and the answer came swiftly. There has been a program, this is coming from the Pentagon, to investigate UFOs, but they stated it ended in 2012 after five years. The Department of Defense insisted, yes, we had it, but it ended in 2012. They were on record saying this. And then they continued the writer and, you know, Mr. Blumenthal and uh, Leslie continued the reporting. And it suggests that it actually did continue and that it was largely funded to the present and that basically the Pentagon spoke spokesperson for the Department of Defense when they said that it ended in 2012 it was all lies so that is one of the stories that came out on December 18th 2007 all fucking lie 2017 uh, yeah, sorry 2017 titled on the trail of secret Pentagon UFO information I'm so sick of the lies hence why we do this podcast you're welcome <laughs> So, um, then we get into Mr. Burchett when he stated that he would like to know on the record that George Knapp had broke, you know, Area 51. So, who's George Knapp? I hadn't heard that name before. So, this is not part of the hearing. This is me kind of just looking it up like, okay, who is that? Um, George Knapp broke the story on Bob Lazar in 1989. Who had claimed to have worked on UFOs in the secret Area 51. And in 1990, Knapp's stories of UFOs earned him an Individual Achievement by Journalist Award from the United Press International. Who's Bob Lazar? Well, if you recall, Bob Lazar, we talked about in our episode 20, Close Encounters of What Kind? Where we discuss in Close Encounters 1 through 5. Yeah. So, Bob Lazar, or Robert Scott Lazar, he was born on January 26, 1959. He's an American businessman and conspiracy theorist who claims that he was hired in the late 80s to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology. This work supposedly occurred at the secret site called S4. A subsidiary installation allegedly located several kilometers south of the United States Air Force facility, popularity known as Area 51. Leslie Kane, uh, or Keene, she is the New York Times uh, writer, 
and she is an American investigative journalist and author who is most notable for her books about UFOs and also the afterlife. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, so that is who Mr. Barchett was referencing. Gotcha. Those are the people. Okay. Um, Mr. Barchett then yielded his time back to the chairman, who called upon our last speaker of this episode, Mr. Raskin. Mr. Raskin has not spoken yet in our previous episodes, and he is just noted as a ranking member of the committee. Of what? Okay. I'm a ranking member of what? The committee. The congressional... (laughs) This is a congressional hearing, so he's a ranking member of this congressional hearing. Um, Yeah. He addressed Mr. Graves, and he stated, You reported UAP encounters during training flights and have come forward to warn the Pentagon that these encounters may be putting pilots at risk. My first question is that you've identified these taking place on the East Coast. Is it just the East Coast that these encounters have been reported? Of course not. I mean, we already know. Obviously, but We've we're going to get, get through it. Mr. Graves answers, Mr. Graves answers, No, since these events initially occurred, I've learned that the objects have been detected where all Navy operators are being conducted across the world. So he's like, just... Yeah, they're everywhere. It's across the world, dude. And from the all-domain anomaly resolutions reporting office. So that's where he's getting this information. He said, um, all right. Can you describe your experience after you decided to come forward and go public with your experience? Mr. Graves goes on to say, certainly. Like many others in 2017, I saw the New York Times article, the article we just spoke of. For me, it was very special because I recognized the voices on the video and articles of the pilots and the footage of the UAPs with them talking in real time about it. I recognize, well, obviously this is a separate... (laughs) Um, a separate article because we didn't have any audio or anything. Um, he says that I recognized the video and I sent it and it was, uh, I recognized the video itself as I had seen it when it was taken. I had seen it when it was debriefed. (laughs) That kind of shook me because I realized this problem was still ongoing. So I reached out to my colleagues back on the East Coast and realized this was a safety risk, and they were all still dealing dealing with this. They had it. They had hit a wall on how they could move forward on this conversation. It was at that time I decided to move the conversation forward myself. And then the, um, he asked the question: Are there common characteristics of UAPs that have been cited by different pilots that you can describe? In the convert, uh, in convergence, and, and you, can you describe? And can you describe what the convergence of these descriptions is? Mr. Graves stated, "Certainly, we are primarily seeing dark gray or black cubes inside of a clear sphere." So weird. So that he's basically describing it. It's a, it's a, it's a black cube inside a sphere. That's the UFO or UAP. Mr. Raskin, Mr. Raskin, in somewhat of a shocked tone, says, I'm sorry, dark gray or black cubes? Mr. Grave answers, yes, 
inside of a clear sphere where the apex or tips of the cubes are touching the inside of that sphere. And that was primarily what was being reported when we were able to gain a visual tally of these objects. And that occurred over almost eight years and is still occurring as far as I know. Wow. Which is so weird. I just want to talk about that for a second. Because everyone says, well, not everyone, but like in media, like movies, you see the uh, space saucer. Yeah, it's like a saucer. Yeah, like a circle disc. Yeah. I've never heard of a black a cube. No. That's why he's like, excuse me, what? This isn't right. Yeah, inside of a sphere. It's just weird. Yeah. So I take it that you're, and then he, he says, Mr. Raskin says, so I take it that you're arguing that what we need is real transparency in reporting systems so we can get some real clarity on what is going on out there because there are many pilots in your situation, but we should have a way of developing a systematic inventory of all such encounters. Is that right? It's like, why do we keep asking the same question? Yeah. Mr. Grave, Grave says yes. I've noticed, that with, I've noticed yes. that with the government. Like, all they do is just repeat the same shit over and over and over again in different ways just to make it more lengthy. I feel like they're just trying to, like, get him to slip up. I don't know. Like, to check, like, if he's keeping but, the like, same story But, like, anything with the government is so lengthy. Like, yeah. Like, just what I was researching earlier this morning. It's just, like, how many times do you have to say it in 50 different ways? Yeah. Like, good God. So Mr. Graves does say, yes, we need transport, uh, transparency and reporting. We need to make sure that the information can um, be between commercial aviation as well as the rest of the pop populace. Mr. Raskin then asks Mr. Grush, what about you? What is your experience after you have came forward? Mr. Grush sa stated, it's only been two months or so. I guess my experience has been overwhelming support from former colleagues of mine that have privately messaged me, and I do appreciate that. I do have knowledge of active planned reprisal activity against myself and other colleagues, and that is very upsetting. Mr. Ras Raskin asks, coming from where? Mr. Grush stated, senior leadership at previous agencies I was associated with and that's all I will say publicly. I can provide more details in a closed environment. Mr. Raskin states he he stated that he hopes that you understand that there would be bipartisan rejection of any attempt to vilify, demonize, or engage in other reprisals against our witnesses and people who are telling the truth from their perspective. Mr. Grush then stated, certain colleagues, colleagues of mine were brutally administratively attacked, and it makes me very upset as a leader to see that happen to other co-workers and actually superior, superiors of mine over the last three years. Mr. Raskin asked, how do you account for that response? It seems like a bizarre response. Mr. R Grush stated, I call, I call it administrative terrorism. It's their quiver, their tool in the toolbox to silence people, especially career government service. They care about the careers. They care about their clearance. 
their reputation. Climb the, to climb the ladder, and when you threaten that flow, clear. Uh, when you threaten that flow, career path. <laughs> a lot of people back off, but I'm here to represent those people. Mr. Favor was asked then, what has your experience been like since you have came forward with your perspective on this? Mr. Fravor answered very happily <laughs> that he has been treated very well. And all of the six people involved, including himself, all have been treated well. And they are retiring from the military as a 0506s. And all of my friends that are very senior, they have three and four stars. They've talked to them and they believe and they understand there's a problem and he was treated very well. Wow. So they're high ranking, they're retiring. Yeah, they're retiring now. They they, they just were like, they were just like, hey, there's aliens. Okay, buy I'm out. They're, no, they believe and they're all treated well. So they weren't like, you know, um, yeah, they didn't have any problems. Um, then he asks, and this is the final question of Mr. Raskin, uh, he asks, what is your general interpretation of these phenomenon, or what is your current thinking of trying to make sense of them? Mr. Favor answered, I am not a UFO fanatic. That is just not me. I will tell you what we saw with our four sets of eyes over five minute period, which was a TikTok event. We still have nothing close to it. It was amazing to see, and I told my buddy I wanted to fly it. It was just incredible technology. And that's where we end is with um, the questioning from Mr. Raskin. He yielded back to the chairman, and we have lots more to unlock. Um, they're going to continue with Miss Luna. We're go we are going to continue with Miss Luna in part four. And, um, yeah, <laughs> we're at, uh, about halfway into the hearing. <laughs> this is halfway, folks. Oh, my God. But I'm going to be able to get through the last one, I'm pretty sure, in one episode. I'm yeah. I'm try my best. Yeah, just all the answers and questions, that's what we want to hear. That's, like, the meat of it is. And, I, and then there'll be, like, closing statements that are, like, dun, 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 And I know dun, Miss, dun, dun, I, I've listened to a little bit of Miss Luna already. Yeah. And she has some really good questions when it gets into, like, who, um, because they already know they have these crafts. Yeah, so. And they're reverse engineered. She gets down to, like, well, what were, who were the pilots of these crafts? And we get into that. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. Cool. All right. There we have it. There it is. Okay. Um, <laughs> Blacks, um, uh, what are they, cubes with a sphere around them. I never very, would have thought that. Yeah, no. So it's very never. interesting. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening. And don't forget to listen in two weeks for the follow up of this part four, the end of the hearing. Um, all the good questions and fucked up shit they tell us that they lied to us this whole time because that's what the government does apparently mm -hmm. so um yeah thank you so much for watching and listening and please don't forget to share like and subscribe and um, email us at conspiracies unlocked at gmail.com thanks bye, bye.